Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome on today's episode of Parshtig Station. We have a amazing, inspirational woman. Her name is Kim Sarvini. She is the founder and CEO of Positive Prime. She's all about gratitude. She knows a little bit of hot stone massage and she's an amazing individual. So if you want to learn more about her, head to positiveprime.com or check her out on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or all the socials. And hello, welcome to the show, Kim. How are you doing today? Oh, hello, Aaron. It's such a pleasure to be here. Hi, everyone who's listening. Thank you. 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 Is it true, Kim, that you were a swimmer? Ah, yes, I was a competitive <laughs> swimmer in my youth. I grew up in a country called Papua New Guinea. My grandparents are actually Italian and Irish, and we were expats on the equator. This is kind of fascinating about how our beliefs shape us. As a child, I had webbed toes. You know, like there was extra skin in between my toes, so I looked a bit like a duck. I'm pretty sure that I was bullied by other children who thought that was quite abnormal. But my father told me I was born to be a fast swimmer because I had these webbed toes. And I believed him. And so the placebo effect, which I now come to understand from a neuroscience and positive psychology perspective, (laughs) it was definitely a play long before I could read or write. And I was a fast swimmer, a very fast swimmer, because I believed that I was born to be a fast swimmer. I still love swimming to this day. I live on the east coast of Australia in a beautiful resort area called Noosa in a region called the Sunshine Coast. For those of you who are a little spiritual, I'm a Pisces. I was born in March. And um, so I am fish-like. I need to be near the water. I must be near the water. 
And one of my long held dreams for my life was that I would live in a home with a view of the water. And indeed, you know, my spouse and I, Cameron and I have the most spectacular home. Um, I'm very, very lucky indeed. And we have really gorgeous views of the Pacific Ocean. So we have like 180 degree views of the Pacific Ocean. And, um, and I'm very, very grateful for being the kind of person who can dream big and can achieve my goals and gets to enjoy here and now as I, as I look out over the ocean on a daily basis and think, Wow. You know, dreams do come true. They actually really, really do come true. They come true even faster, though, when we really understand how it works that we actually accomplish what it is that we set to do. Anyway, so Aaron, long answer to was I a swimmer? Am I a swimmer? I'm still a swimmer, not competitive these days. As someone growing up as a child and teen and uh, in your 20s, were you always competitive, passionate, driven? Why was I passionate and driven? Um, You know how we have these flashbacks in our memory. I had one just within the last couple of days. I loved that song that Michael Jackson sang, and I suppose this is dating me. So, yes, I am, you know, approaching 50 And it was really about saving the world and we are all one. And I think, gosh, in my late teens and early 20s, I believed that I needed to live and work away from Australia, abroad in London and New York and so forth, in order to broaden my perspective, but also challenge myself. I listened to a lot of Anthony Robbins cassette programs. That also tells you how old I was, <laughs> that they, they still did those on cassettes. I just had this burning desire inside of me to become all that I could be in this very you know short and precious life that we live. I'm just as driven these days, but actually I'm driven to be more calm, more centered, more balanced, more relaxed, more playful, more fun. And I don't think that I'm less ambitious about those pursuits as I was about, I don't know, the promotions and the projects in the corporate world. I was listening to a conversation you had with someone there this morning and I heard your mum gave you a book to be calm. Tell us about that. I would have been 15 or 14. It was interesting. I was a bit of a stress head or a worry wart or whatever you want to call it. There's lots of Aussie terms for that. There was a little book of calm. It was a cute little book. And she she used to see that I would get myself worked up, anxious, really afraid that I would let people down, either my parents or my teachers, my mentors, my coaches. And so I actually, I wouldn't call it anxiety. I think that that's too strong a word, but I would stress myself out. Now, in recent times, I've had to really examine that core part of me and determine how I walk my talk for all that I've learned over the last 20 years in particular. But yeah, look, my journey towards learning to manage my emotions and harness the good, it definitely started a long, 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 long time ago. You know, it's interesting when we get wiser and older, we realize when we look back, it's like, I wish I had the tool set that I have now to be calmer and be more relaxed instead of anxious. But then I think it's the timing of being right here right now, realizing I, you know, this tool set fits me now, you know. You know, Aaron, I love that perspective. 
I think our journeys serve us on a much more spiritual or philosophical path that's more about compassion. And so I believe that we go through some of what we go through so that we can connect at a much deeper, more sincere and genuine level with a greater number of people when we've had obstacles and challenges and failings and disappointments and our hearts broken and so forth uh, by life. I've now come to realize that in the moment, we're often not really grateful for the pain. However, for those of us who are serving others and those of us who are leading others, it's that which has made us compassionate. I believe that the truly great leaders and those who've served and made the greatest impact, they had an, um, a quality about them that was really about love. And the richness of love means that we had to go through it. I mean, we did and we will have to. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we are also preparing ourselves now for the next bigger challenge or obstacle or opportunity that presents maybe with age or aging. And hopefully that comes with a little bit of discernment and insight and wisdom, not necessarily, but, you know, for those of us who are very reflective, um, you know, the fascinating thing is, is that we may feel like we are perfectly prepared for what we've experienced in the past. And yet we will still be stretched by that which comes in the future. What we may have is an awareness in the moment that this too shall pass. So we might not catastrophize once we've reached middle age like we did when we were very youthful. Um, that seems to me to be the biggest difference now having gone to a lot of retreats, uh, been to a lot of live programs with great, really great teachers, done a lot of personal development, self-improvement kind of work, and certainly leading in this industry. I now realize that the drama occurs around me, but not within me. That is actually, I think, the moment that we're in, really, truly. Aaron, your listeners, in case anybody wants to know, I'm a fit and healthy, fabulous, wonderful um, woman who's thriving and flourishing with a very successful business. For no reasons that we can understand, and this is often the case, I have a very rare autonomic nervous system dysfunction. And there are some other labels that are in this category. One is MS or multiple sclerosis. One is MND or motor neurons disease. Um, relatively rare neurological um, dysfunctions and um, mine in particular deals with my vagus nerve and it's almost ironic you know truly it's almost ironic because if I read like go google how do I improve my vagal tone all of the advice and the suggestions and the recommendations are that which I already incorporate into my life and have done for decades and so you kind of think it's just really weird it just shouldn't be me with this condition. And yet um, I sit here with a pacemaker, cardiac pacemaker that was implanted into my chest with um, heart surgery last year. And that was after my sixth uh, cardiac arrest or pause where my heart stopped for an extended period of time. And I'd been, a, I'd had every test, every test I could have had, whether they were EEGs or ECGs or they were 
MRIs or cardiac MRIs and I could go on and on and on. And they could not figure out what was going on with me. And what's more to the point is they couldn't actually really understand why I didn't have irreversible, irreparable damage to say my kidneys or my lungs or, but I certainly had a heart that stopped. And so a pacemaker was not negotiable. You know, the funny thing is, is that I've healed well. It's taken me a lot physically to heal. There've been um, some minor complications. And I have this perspective that I got a glimpse of in the six near-death experiences that I had. And that is, interestingly enough, if I didn't exercise and sleep well and use therapeutic grade essential oils and diaphragmatically breathe and have massages, particularly with, as you referred to it, hot stone massage. Um, for those of you who are listening, most people don't know, but I am the person, the woman who invented what is now known as hot stone massage as a treatment for the spa industry and beauty salons. I trained thousands and thousands of therapists um, 20 years ago for a decade or, or thereabouts. I've trained lots of Ayurvedic doctors in the Himalayas and traditional Chinese medicine doctors and physiotherapists. And I, oh, I should go back and say, after I left the corporate world, I trained as an osteopath and an exercise physiologist. So I went back to study when I lived in London. Anyway, long story short, sometimes because you're doing everything right, your life is actually saved or you are alive. And had I not been doing everything right, I absolutely would be dead. If I hadn't gone on a personal development and self-improvement journey over, you know, 20 plus years, I would probably be the kind of person who would think to myself, why me? And come up with answers that are disempowering. But I ask a question, why me? And I come up with answers that are empowering. You know, I am alive because of the practices and the habits and um, who I am, what it is that I do. The fact that I committed myself to making a valuable contribution in my life is one of the reasons why there was purpose and meaning. And it's one of the reasons why during one of the near-death experiences, I was given this message that I must come back. You know, I must continue to do what it is that I do, which is basically offering to the world positive prime. But this, this conversation doesn't need to be about positive prime. Someone can just go and learn all about it and trial it for free and dive deep into the science. Um, Aaron, you and I, we have much deeper conversations about the fact that most of us, we actually really don't appreciate how amazing we are and how miraculous we are and how we can heal ourselves. Tell us about when you kind of learned how your heart wasn't working right. Well, interestingly enough, in May of 2019 or April of 2019, I was actually driving a motor vehicle and I went completely unconscious whilst I was behind the wheel. I was on my own in the car and I had a head-on collision with some trees and the car was completely written off, so total from an insurance perspective. Uh, it couldn't be resurrected, the car, but I could be. And I was very, very lucky because I was actually being followed the car behind me was my husband's. We'd been to a function, we'd arrived separately in our own vehicles and we were leaving and both driving home. 
And so he was actually behind me and he observed this particular accident taking place. He saw that my car seemed to have um, a will of its own and it drifted across oncoming traffic. And then I went down off onto a nature strip and then into some trees. Um, because he was at the scene so quickly and he brought me back to life, I, in the in the couple of days after that, I had an, a recognition that my angels absolutely were the reason why I came back. I, I didn't see a tunnel or anything else like that, but what I did see, which is um, now widely reported, because, of course, once you've had a near-death experience, I think, well, I became, I don't, I'm not sure everybody becomes, but I became quite fascinated. I described the experiences to the specialists in the hospitals and certainly to my closest, nearest and dearest, you know, with a little bit of trepidation about whether they would think that, you know, I was making it up. But the experience of me was consistent each of the six times. And it was like my life flashed in front of me, but it's as if each scene of my life, the meaningful and significant ones, they were pieces of a puzzle. And it was like they were all like, like flying at me. I'm talking like millions of pieces per millisecond. And then all of a sudden there was this picture and some of the things that I just knew that I knew from a consciousness that is way beyond human was that we really are all one. That laughter and playfulness and fun and lightheartedness is actually all that really matters. That being curious and being creative and being helpful, you know, that's the purpose of life, to grow and to um, explore your strengths and your gifts and your talents. You know, we we started this conversation by talking about how driven I was. I am not consumed with doing what I thought my life was meant for before these experiences. I'm driven by supporting others who really, um, it's train their brains, master their minds, but really for only one reason, and that is so that you feel such profound peace and love for yourself and others and life that you can put your head on the pillow at night and know that life is glorious and the world we live in and on is just magnificent. Each and every single one of us, even when we feel really small, like we're an ant to the you know majestic Himalayas, we're still significant. We really and truly are. We are like the important cell in the immune system of society. We are important, each and every single one of us. Each and every single one of us. And we can't be our best and express our full potential unless, A, we're positively primed and we're positively primed for peace and love. Peacefulness, you know, serenity and tranquility and you know that state that you're in when you're caressing your pet, mm -hmm. that state you're in when you inhale some potent lavender oil and you think, oh, you know, we're here to savour our blessings. And that means we're here to experience the blessings. We're here to be a blessing. It doesn't get more complicated than that. I think we need processes and tools and habits or in rituals, as our friend Jana Danielson says, we need reminders every day to visit this place or state. You know, this we're suspended in space right now in this conversation. 
and in the hurried busyness of life and living and working and so forth and being a you know parent and being a great friend and sometimes we just forget we just forget how wonderful we are and so I do believe that we need habits and and rituals or experiences like um, dropping into diaphragmatic breathing or going for a walk in nature or on the beach um, or in the woods watching a positive prime session giving those people who are near and dear to us you know a decent hug you know like a long smooth embrace we need those to remind ourselves of our humanity so that we can enjoy this super delicious thing called life and uh, each day I, I do go to sleep now, almost with tears in my eyes. You know, they're very easy for me to summon now because it's about awe as an A-W-E. I'm just in awe of the fact that I got to live today. I don't necessarily have to be heroic 24-7, but that I was honest with myself for today and that I contribute a little beyond myself to something bigger and that I help others to do the same. That's, um, that's a day that was worth living and I'm worth living that day. You know, Kim, I think our lives are blessings. You know, I, I hear that you say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you, you serve, you, I think your mission is to serve. So is that something you discovered throughout your life or is something that kind of occurred in the last few months to a year after these episodes? Well, luckily for me, and I, and I do believe that it's fortunate, I came across a lot of teachers, let's call them wise ones, whether that was Anthony Robbins or Jack Canfield or Deepak Chopra or some of these gurus that we've heard of that are famous and many who aren't famous to the masses. And I would read their books or go to their seminars and um, there was a pretty consistent message. It was similar to all of the uh, sages, you know, the beautiful people that I met in the spa industry in places like Indonesia. You know, there are these um, beautiful health retreats and therapists who guide meditation or do really amazing body treatments at some of these exquisite places like Ananda, um, right in the north part of India. And what I found was there was a consistent message. And that is really about when you give more and you should give infinitely more, you never have to worry about being taken care of because you just will be taken care of. And so long before these experiences um, with respect to having, you know, six episodes of unconsciousness, and some of them resulted in some pretty serious falls, and, you know, lots of stitches and lots of, you know, suspected breaks of my neck and, you know, all sorts of issues with my hips and so forth. That the point is, though, I was already on a trajectory that was about devoting my life to uplifting others. And as a consequence, what I think was I went through these life-threatening situations, like literally life-threatening and I survived in a, in a really rather special way. I think because I had already decided to dedicate my life to serving others and uplifting them, I, I do believe that I paid forward the comma if you believe in those kinds of things. And I would encourage our young ones to just do good, just do good in the world, contribute in positive and meaningful ways to others, find ways to be helpful, create ways to be caring. And in that sense, life will end up looking after you when it matters most, right? 
Yeah. And I'm case in point. So I seem to have proven the theory or the philosophy or the principles. And because I had written a best-selling book on being grateful for life, honestly, I think that I was given life. You know, there aren't very many people who have survived six cardiac arrest like I did with my heart stopping for more than 20 seconds and coming back and not having any, you know, brain damage and not having any irreparable organ damage. That's not to say I came back perfect <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but I was never perfect to begin with. And yet I was perfect. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, on a continuum, I was more perfect than others and not as perfect as others. I was perfect, but I wasn't perfect. I'm still perfect, but I'm not perfect. I came back perfect given what I had been through. And I've had to do a lot of um, very deliberate healing and repairing since then. I'm good at it, you know, I'm good at taking care of myself and having more fun and being more playful and being more lighthearted and, you know, and, and working in such a way that means that I'm learning while I'm creating something awesome. And I'm, I've got lots of people now contributing to the journey. And that's probably the other thing um, that's worth saying in this short period of time that we have. Were it not that I faced with this particular condition, I probably wouldn't have been strategic about how I do all it is that I want to do. I have to invite others to participate in the journey. I have to ask for help. I have to share in the rewards and the riches. It's a must. And that's because I cannot do what I need to do or want to do alone or on my own, not even with my small team within my business. What I'm here for is much bigger than me. And so it, it requires that I bow down to many others who can offer their strengths and their gifts and their talents and their time and their energy and their intellect to helping us do something much bigger, much, much bigger. And I would say it's a shame that I had to go through what I did in order to come to that understanding. But I'm so glad that I'm now sharing more, caring more, asking for more help. And I could go on and on and on. We, we could spend another couple of hours just on this conversation. And I wonder with your background in hot stone massage and everything that kind of give you the tool set to advance like you know sometimes we think the soul knows what, what's planned and i wonder your journey up to now was it kind of educating you for this experience brilliant question aaron you know um it was pretty disruptive when i decided to leave the corporate world i was a management consultant living in london and new york and working and you know traveling the world and I had a life that I think others on the outside looked at and thought, shivers, that's glamorous. So it was shocking when I said, hey, to my family and friends and bosses and clients, I'm going to leave being a consultant in the corporate world and I'm going to go and um, spend my career, <laughs> my time creating a career as a healer and a therapist in the spa industry. 
Now, because I'm entrepreneurial and I had entrepreneurial grandparents and I, I went to business school at an Ivy League university in Australia that really encouraged entrepreneurialism, I, of course, approached the spa industry with the intention and through the lens of what kind of international business could I create? And I ended up actually having a distributorship in India and in the Middle East. And um, I trained, you know, the lecturers at the Australasian College of Natural Therapies because I couldn't train in hundred different locations simultaneously not back then anyway because there was no such thing as zoom or you know video conferencing was was one of those futuristic technologies that people talk to without ever thinking it would become reality and i giggle at that now so what i now understand about this particular condition that i have with the vagus nerve is quite astonishing Had I not had thousands of massages over the last 20 years, I believe that the onset of my heart stopping would have occurred a lot earlier. So it's almost like I arrested, no pun intended, um, the time before I had my first unconscious episode. Uh, If I wasn't who I was doing what I was doing in the spa industry and had I not been the inventor of a therapeutic treatment that used handcrafted marble instruments that were carved, looked a little bit like stones, but not really. And they were white marble and we chilled them and they were black marble and we heated them. Had I not done that cryotherapy in terms of the cold therapy, I wouldn't have had vagal tone because one of the remedies for people with vagus nerve issues is to stand in a shower and have, you know, a cold shower on the back of your neck or put a cold compress on your face. And and I was doing that day in and day out, teaching this style of treatment and experiencing this style of treatment as I was assessing hundreds and hundreds of therapists who were being certified in this particular treatment that I invented called lithos therapy. You know, I I go and train like therapists at the Four Seasons Resort in, you know, for example, Bali. And it was hot there, a bit like, you know, Papua New Guinea, where I grew up on the equator, tropical hot. And so this treatment that I had created that used these chilled marble rocks, um, cryotherapy and thermotherapy were really designed for calisthenics of your vascular system and balancing out the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. And the condition that I have is about balancing out the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. And so was I the person who was meant to have this? And um, is my journey of the last 20 years been leading me up to understanding what it is that I'm experiencing such that we are just about to embark upon a new piece of research with a fine um, university and institution here in Australia and their lab, their neuroscience lab and their computer science lab are actually going to be looking at the um, intervention that I then went on to invent, which is called a positive prime session. And so we're actually studying this experience with EEG, skin conductance, eye tracking and heart rate variability. And I don't think I'd be as fascinated about neuroscience and positive psychology if I didn't have this condition. Isn't it ironic? Who sang that song? It's like Avril Lavigne or something like that. I don't know either. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I mean, isn't it ironic? Yeah. And maybe, maybe all of us get to look at our lives like that. Maybe the way that we position what's occurring to us 
in such a way that we think it's occurring for us. And maybe that's where the breakthroughs are. And so the crazy thing is, is that I'm more excited about life now than I've ever been. And it's just, goodness gracious, how grateful am I really, you know? Very, infinitely. I know you said in different conversations um, on different podcasts about how Anthony Robbins kind of gave you the inspiration. Tell us about how you came to about where you are with finding out hot stone massage and positive prime. Excellent question. Okay, so very early on in my career, one of the roles that I had was actually at a public relations firm and it was an agency and they had um, a specialist division in corporate communications. I was seconded to one of the clients. So I was sent to work out on site. And that site was actually for a company called TRW and they manufactured steering suspension systems for automobiles and so forth. This was in Sydney, Australia. And the CEO was a visiting CEO from America and his name was Chuck Pesto. I'll never forget it, Charles Pesto. And he had Anthony Robbins cassettes in the you know library in his office. I had had a real interest in being an elite athlete um, as, a, as a young woman and at school and so forth. And so I had certainly been exposed to sports psychologists. And that's actually how this conversation kicked off with this man who was this American at this client's organization. He actually allowed me to borrow this Anthony Robbins cassette can't remember what it was even called, but personal power, I think, is what it is. And I listened to these cassettes. And then a couple of years later, I found myself in London and I you know, met some people there socially through work and so forth and in the community that I was living in. And one of my friends was this guy named Andrew, an English gentleman. We got to talk about Anthony Robbins. Anyway, one day he said to me, hey, Kimbo, guess what? Tony Robbins is in Geneva, Switzerland for Unleash the Power Within this three-day um, conference. And then so off we went and um, we decided to go to this conference together. We didn't know anybody else. Um, the English, you know, some 20 plus years ago weren't really into American motivation speakers. I'll tell you, there was a there was a healthy dose of cynicism and skepticism and uh, criticism. Anyway, we went off to this particular Unleash the Power Within weekend and it just completely captivated me. I was addicted right then and there to, I suppose, the world of self-improvement and personal development. Anyway, long story short, Tony says on stage at that event, something like, if you want to feel truly fulfilled in life, and I'm paraphrasing here, one should make their vacation their vocation or what it is that they wish that they did on vacation, they should make it their vocation. And I was sitting there burnt out, overwhelmed, stressed, really tired, exhausted, on the hamster wheel in the corporate world. And I thought to myself, the only place I wish I was right now was on a massage table in paradise at a spa. And that is where it was like the seed was planted in the other than consciousness. Well, I then went to investigate what could I do in the spa industry, what kind of roles were there for management consultants? I quickly found out not many. I met a woman, um, her name is Susan Harmsworth in England. I sought her out. I actually physically approached her. I um, must have written a letter and said, I'd like to be able to meet you. And I asked her for some advice. Now she was a very, very successful woman. She owned a large company that serviced the day spas and all of the big you know, hotel chains and health clubs in the UK. 
I told her that I really wanted to work in the spa industry and she scoffed at me and maybe quite rightly so. It made me dig my heels in. And she said, if you want to work in this industry, you're going to have to learn to be a therapist. And I thought to myself, my golly gosh, I don't have time to go back and go to school and become a beauty therapist. And then I thought to myself, but I actually don't want to become a beauty therapist. I don't want to spend my days waxing and doing facials. But there were aspects of the spiral industry, the body treatments that did actually interest me and the journey that clients go on to de-stress and to relax. And what ended up happening, Aaron, interestingly enough, was after that event in Geneva, my friend and I signed up for all of them, Date with Destiny and Financial Mastery and Life Mastery. We went to all of the events. My family thought that I, you know, joined a cult and, you know, maybe to a certain extent, um, people might say the same about those who, you know, join our global community at Positive Prime. We're a really um, positive bunch of people at Positive Prime. We are all interested in how do you master your mind and how do you train your brain such that you get to live a happier and healthier life. Some people might think that, you know, we are the kind of tribe that one has to um, join. Anyway, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm so glad that I went to that UPW weekend in Geneva. Seriously, the trajectory has changed right there because I did go back and I studied. And that's when I then qualified as an osteopath and a, um, an actual physical fitness therapist. And, and I developed a whole heap of opportunities in London. And then I, I basically started my entrepreneurial life um, with lithos therapy. You know, it's interesting how you got really deep into the sports, you got really deep into finding out your why to figure out how to heal people and help people. But where did the psychology and the nervous and the neuro aspect come from? That's a brilliant question. Okay, so given that we've got such a short amount of time left for this um, interview, I'll try to be quick. What I noticed with people coming and lying on a massage table was that there was physical manifestation of emotional and mental issues. And I started to realize that our emotions have such an enormous impact on our physical health. And so I started to understand, study, um, I, I dive really deep. Um, I'm rather insatiable. My appetite for learning um, was very difficult <laughs> to satiate. And so I'm now 20 plus years later considered one of the world's leading specialists in positive priming. It's a science in and of and by itself. Its core is understanding the brain and the mind, the way that we think and the way that we feel. And, and in particular, how do we change that so that it serves us, so that we are enriched, so that we are empowered, um, so that we make conscious choices. Um, on that journey, I've learned a lot, a lot, a lot. Wow, amazing. Um, Kim, what inspires you? What inspires me? Yeah. Are you, the listeners? What inspires me? Opportunities. Somehow I seem to understand trends and I want to make the most of them. I want to play a part. What inspires me really honestly, uh, traveling, people, people, just gorgeous people. What inspires me are the people who save the planet, who save the environment, who save the animals. Um, there's just there's so much richness all over the planet. I just want to play in amongst it all. If there's one piece of advice that you could give someone or yourself, what would it be? Oh, that one's easy. 
One must be deeply, profoundly in gratitude for that which they want to experience before they experience it in order to experience it. I don't think that there's any mistake that I wrote a book about being truly grateful for life. I mean, deeply, profoundly appreciative of life. And then I was gifted with the opportunity for life. Let's just say you've completed everything and Positive Prime is a success. Everything you do is success. What would you do? Would you just go off into the sun or would you go and create something and figure how you could serve humanity in a different way? Interestingly enough, one thing that I can tell you occurred to me um, whilst I was certainly in intensive care and in the cardiac ward and so forth, I would urge everybody to get to this point. If my time had been up, with humility I say this, please understand I say this with humility, I've already done enough. I've actually already done way more than enough with my life. I've contributed more. I've helped to change more people's lives. The impact I've already had is found and is extensive. Uh, you know, it's not just that I'm proud of that. I'm just so grateful that that's actually the truth. It's a different thing for me to be able to express. You know, I, I know I've already done enough. And so everything that I do now and in the future, it's all the cherry on top. It's all the bonus. And I think that that allows you a freedom, like a really genuine freedom. I don't give myself a hard time anymore about, you know, not making the most of every day. I used to be that kind of person. But me living is me making the most of every day. I think I used to believe that, oh, I don't know, I needed to be an astronaut or I needed to be a whatever, you know, in order to feel like I was worthy and deserving of life. That's just not what I now know. I'm worthy and deserving of life. I do nothing today. And that allows me to be in a place of surrendering and letting go and non-attachment and it kind of means that every effort that I make or action I take does have an exponential ripple effect because it's the energy that is contained within that action. Do you know what I mean? Do you get a glimpse of that? Yeah, I do. Mm. It's really the strive less and be more. I can't answer whether one must go through a near-death experience in order to feel like this, but it's worth it. I'm telling you, it's so worth it being in this experience now. Aaron, you know me and my work and the community that um, I'm involved in, you know, particularly with Positive Prime and all of those people who've gone through our certification. It's not like I don't work. It's that I don't need to. I do because it's a joy. I do because I actually understand how precious my life is. And when I gift a moment of my life to others, I'm being really, really, really generous. But quite frankly, my angels, God, my guardians, etc., they are, in terms of a compound effect, way more generous with me because I've been given some more breaths, some more heartbeats, life, you know? Mm -hmm. mm. It's a bit deep, isn't it? <laughs> Kim, if people want to find out more, where can they go? Well, they can reach out to you, Aaron, 
and they say, hey, Aaron, could you organize to have Kim come and speak at your next function or event? They can definitely reach me through you, Aaron. Um, you have your own Positive Prime session. We're very, very, very much in love with the beautiful message that you actually share on the Positive Prime platform. And so I definitely want them to reach out to you and ask if they can have your session. So anyone who's listening, if you actually click Aaron's particular link that guides you, and if you become a member of the Positive Prime community, you can actually have Aaron's session as a gift from him. That is a gift indeed. I watched it just today. I think it's fantastic. It's incredibly powerful. And so I would want people to find me through you and because of you, Aaron. Excellent, Kim. Kim, it's been a pleasure. It's been a joy. And thank you for everything you do in the world. And thank you for sharing today. It's been a blast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting me. And thank you to everyone who's listening. I very much appreciate it. And let us know, let us know if it sparked something inside of you. If you were ignited in any way, shape or form, let us know. And perhaps, you know, forward this to somebody else who you think might benefit from hearing this message as it's channeled through me for them. We love you. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.